Hello, my friend. How are you doing? Thank you so much for coming back to Evolving Truths. In this episode, my mom fully sends it. She shares the most honest, loving, vulnerable reflection on sources of inspiration in her life. It is my honor to present to you episode three of Evolving Truths. Hi, Mama. Hey, Booze. How are you doing today? I'm freaking great. How are you? Nice. I'm doing good, too. Getting myself organized and ready for a weekend in the mountains backpacking. Got lots to do today, but happy to be here chatting with you first. Ah, me too. It seems like it's getting easier, right? I mean, it's always easy to talk to you, but easier in terms of recording our conversations for Evolving Truths. Yes, that does seem to be getting a little easier. (laughs) Okay, good. I'm glad. (laughs) Everyone, thanks for being here. We had someone reach out and ask about the accident that we referenced in the last episode. And then it dawned on me that we haven't told the story of the accident. So July 10th, 2021, I was in a single car, what the newspaper called coincidental accident. (laughs) (laughs) We were on a mountain road driving up Canyon in Colorado and the tire caught the edge of the road. And we basically just slingshotted into the side of the mountain We were going the speed limit. There were no substances involved. A Saturday afternoon, sunshine, July in Colorado. It was, you know, unquote fluke. Yeah, fluke. It's a two lane highway, one lane each direction. There were cars in front of us, behind us, and on the other side of the road. It was a busy road and we were in a single car accident. How freaking crazy is that? We ended up rolling up and over this rock and we tipped from all four wheels onto this driver's side. So not a full roll. I think that's considered a 90 degree turn. And in the process, the side airbags deployed, thankfully not the front airbag. I couldn't even imagine what I would have felt like had that gone off too. But the airbag caught me to the side of the head. I remember getting hit by the airbag. I remember the moment of stillness right before all of it happened. But about four or five days later, I had all of the symptoms set in for a pretty serious concussion. It was like I had just got dropped on my head or I was hit by a freight train. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Not hit by a freight train. You were in a truck, bashed into the side of a mountain, flipped over with an airbag that then collided with your head. With no other cars and just fluke. Honestly, the driver did such a good job slowing the car down and keeping control the way that they did it could have been so much worse. And the other fluke thing is on the same corner, like two hours before our accident, another truck of the same make and model got in a single car accident, basically the same freaking way. Oh my gosh, that is so crazy. The highway had just opened up about 20 minutes before our accident. Wow. Yeah. And that car was further into the ditch and it had ended up nose diving and on its roof. They had to close the highway because they had to get him out, I think. So yeah, super strange day. <laughs> the car accident was Saturday, the first part of the week, immediately after the accident. I was going about my business. Then the last half of that week is when I realized something was really wrong. And that's when we started looking for the clinic. I was treated at the Colorado Concussion Clinic in Denver and went into three types of therapy, vestibular, vision, 
and a couple sessions of cognitive. I'm pretty sure therapy started like almost immediately. Yeah, um, it was pretty quickly. Multiple appointments throughout the week, multiple appointments a day. Sometimes I wasn't driving <laughs> a lot of times after the appointments, I would just go home and sleep. I basically dropped off the face of the earth. I dropped off the face of my life. That's for sure. I got discharged in March of 2022 from the clinic and my therapies. That is the brief synopsis of the car accident. Is there anything we should add mom? Other than the fact that that was not your first concussion. We know three major ones while playing high school and college basketball. Obviously, anytime you have an impact to your head, there's always that risk. I definitely live life thinking, what is my risk here to like hit my head? And that determines a lot of what I do or don't do. It had been a long time between concussions. My last bad one in college was February, 2012. We didn't have any other approach to healing from that concussion. And so it was definitely more passive and it was about two years before I was back to functioning normally. Even your personality. I mean, it was well over, it was well over a year before we could kind of recognize you as our daughter again. And how strange too, I guess, if we think about the difference between the 2012 concussion and how it showed up symptom wise versus this one. Yeah. This 2021 concussion was so debilitating. I couldn't function. My 2012 concussion, I definitely came out of it more angry, more resentful, more, man, I don't even know how I would describe it. You being my mom and witnessing both of them, what are your thoughts? Well, I think a couple of things the treatment for concussions has definitely improved. That didn't really start until more like 2015, 16, 17, a few years after your last one in 2012, the support around it had gotten better as a mom growth that I've worked on and, and done and being in a better space to know how to better support you this time around too. But then your maturity around it, you were younger you were still playing basketball at a competitive level. Competitiveness was a very big part of you and who you are. Play a game with you. Competitiveness is still a big part of who you are. I have are. mellowed out. I have <laughs> Nothing mellowed. wrong with it, but I think there was a piece of you feeling like I've got this and I'm going to push through this. I think sometimes with age and maturity, and growth, we start to recognize that pushing through something isn't always the wisest thing to do, but also understanding that pushing through something can look very different. The work you did to recover from this last concussion, and let's hope it is your last ever, but the work you did to recover from this was also a push. You also had things to do, but this time did it different. Doesn't mean there weren't days you weren't frustrated or I remember sometimes you being like, the driver's fine. They got hit by the airbag, right? But we've talked about the difference in your size. The airbag hit them on the side of the arm where they had some burns. Airbag hits you smack in the side of the head, right? Yeah. We say age, wisdom, age comes with wisdom, maturity. I don't know. Wisdom comes with age. Thank you. Wisdom comes with age. I am a recovering perfectionist. For anyone that doesn't know or can't tell, 
I am a high achiever to the point of self destruction. Thank you. I have this innate need for achievement to the point that I am willing to do whatever is necessary to my mind, body, and spirit. No cause to myself has been my mentality. And recognizing that this upward swim against the current is really not the way to achieve what we want to achieve in life. You cannot force it. Having that mentality in 2012, I pushed through. And as a result, I spent about two years in post-concussion syndrome, constant headaches. I did not feel like myself. My memory was extremely challenging. It was hard. Those two years were rough. I was still living with you guys. I was taking community college classes. I was working like three different part-time jobs and I felt awful. There was a day I came home, got on my laptop and I Googled concussion doctor in Colorado. And there was someone that came up in Denver. And I remember going to the website and just thinking, I can't ask for anyone to pay for this. Like that was my thought that I could not advocate for myself to get the care that I needed. Miha, I'm sorry. No, I don't. I don't blame you guys. Like it was nothing to do with you or dad. I didn't have that in myself to say that I needed help. Yeah. I wish I would have known. I wish I would have been smart enough to Google it or think what else was there. But coming out of that, the multiple times that we have had conversations with other people now, I tell them, take the time. Because I know that you don't want to. And I know that you feel like you have to hold up the world. And I know that you just want to keep going to like prove that you're not weak. So when the accident happened in 2021, one, again, I just could not function. There was no pushing through the 2021 concussion the way that I had in the past. And that maturity of having gone through the experience before to then know this time I am going to advocate for help because something is really freaking wrong. Definitely a much better approach. Advocating for myself throughout the last year in that process, it changed my life. The accident changed my life, but the healing, you know, recovery, all of it. Changed it more. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) With the accident story being told, thank you for letting us, you know, walk you through that. You're worth it. I mean, To anyone that is looking for medical answers, to anyone that feels like they want to ask for help and they can't, you are worth it. And that is really all I can say. Yep. Everyone is. Today, we want to talk about the things that inspire us. What keeps us going? Who inspires us? Who do we look up to? What do we listen to? Let's talk about some good shit here. Let's do it. What do you got? Well, we had a couple of texts when we knew we were going to get together this morning. I took it from those women who've inspired us. But what I started thinking about was people that are really in my life that are what we would consider ordinary people. And the majority of them are women that I look up to. So I just kind of made a little list in my head mentally. Love that of who that was. And then this morning after my walk, I 
I wrote them down. And the first person who came to my mind actually was my mom. Wow. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. Just thinking about the relationship that we have now and that it's not what it used to be for multiple reasons. And unfortunately, will never be what it used to be or even close to that probably. And I recognize that, but my mom lost both her parents at a very young age. She was, I think, 14 when her dad died and then being raised by a single mom and had a younger brother. She had to quit high school to be able to work, to help support the family. And a few years later, when my mom was 19, maybe, and pregnant with me, her mom passed. And so now she's pregnant with me, right? She has a younger brother. I feel like they're just a couple of years apart, but that's a lot. Was she taking care of her younger brother? I mean, he lived with her. He was still with her and my biological father, I think for a time I think about, and actually the other day I had seen this on TikTok, something around someone coming to grips with and realizing their own trauma in life, but then recognizing that their mom while raising them was going through their own trauma. Right. Totally. And again, the changes in my relationship with my mom now and what they are, I don't think are based on those things. But just knowing where she was coming from and trying to raise myself and my brother, then meeting our dad and endeavoring to build life, but trying to figure out how to parent and suffering with those losses that she honestly probably still to this day never took time to deal with, right? Yeah, she never really had an opportunity to cope. Yeah, she definitely was one of the first ones that came to my mind. I feel like from my mom, I learned a lot about being strong. I learned a lot about questioning things. I learned a lot about you can do and be whatever you want and be who you want. Future topic at some point, also recognizing that's very much within certain boundaries. But I took a lot of that from her. And then in 2020, she lost my dad. Right. Yep. So like she suffered a lot of big losses and still somehow keeps going. And now she she, has the responsibility of grandma Mickey. Yeah. Caring for dad's mom, who's 96 and theirs wasn't a great relationship leading up to this. So that's a lot, but she was the first one came to my mind. Wow. That is so powerful. Let it out. I'm so freaking proud of you. And I'm here holding this space with you. Thank you. And the fact that you just told that story. Wow, mom. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm trying. The next couple of people that I admire too are both people that you also know and are very close to. One of them is your other grandma, my former mother-in-law. She was in Cheyenne, Wyoming, raised there. And she knew she wanted to get out of town and think back in that time frame. How do you get anywhere? She was dating, loved, and I totally put that in air quotes, but she probably did or was infatuated. Careful, they might listen. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, CJ. 
but she was like, I'm going with him, marries him. He joins the military and she goes because she knew she wanted out of Cheyenne. I mean, you say careful, they might listen, but let's speak to someone out of care for her children out of, I'd say, devout faith beliefs of a religion that I no longer ascribe to has done what she can do. But we respect, we respect. I a hundred percent respect it. We just don't participate. Right. I admire the fact that she's kept herself in a relationship and has done the absolute best that she can as a wife in, let's be honest, a not great relationship. And as a parent and yet has kept some feistiness and independence and she's oh, queen funny. of independence yes and she is the life of the party she cracks me up I'll never forget when you were going to Australia after college and we threw a big going away party for you at the house and there obviously were drinks and there was your grandma Rosie in the kitchen doing shots she, she had was a... leading the toast <laughs> yeah she had a, a cheers for it and everything so unfortunately, we no longer have the relationship that we used to and, and probably won't again. I miss that. I miss her. But I have a ton of respect for her, too. And tied with her is my former sister-in-law, your aunt. And one of the things with her that I think about, and I think she'll state it herself, she deals with some mental health issues. And when these really started to come to the forefront years ago, no one in the family had the tools to know how to help. I think back to things I probably said or did and just how unsupportive. And I think she's someone when you spoke before about advocating for yourself someone who got herself to that point where she can speak and advocate for herself and say things. And sometimes it might come in a way where people are like, oh man, chill out. Right. That's kind of our reaction. Whoa, wasn't expecting that. Right. Well, a lot of times when someone speaks up, especially a woman, even as other women, we go, man, you need to step off a little bit or chill or make it a little softer. But I just think about all the struggles she had and how many years and yet she kept some joy for life, has, has maintained some joy for life, has figured out how to deal with it. Again, in her case, I think treatment has gotten better. The family has learned better how to support and provide space for it, which is amazing. But just how unfortunate that for so many years she had struggled through that almost on her own. Right. And with those closest to her, I'd say more unintentionally, just not being as supportive as we could have been and not knowing how to do it. And yet she's someone who's pushed through. I mean, no one had, like you said, no one had the tools, no one from the backgrounds that we were coming from. And by we, I'm just looping myself into the family. I was really young. We only know what we know. And we were in a set of circumstances that didn't really allow for information beyond that. So we have to remind ourselves still to grant ourselves that forgiveness of we wish we could have done better because we have the lens now and we can feel that remorse without inflicting pain on ourselves. Right. I love you calling that out. And 
know I am speaking from that place of just recognizing we didn't have that. So yeah, I mean, I have other people on my list, but there's my first few and I've already shed some tears. So good to go. Your turn. I am freaking so shocked and impressed by you right now. I just, I got to say it. Wow. That was awesome. And snaps to you, mom, like freaking A. I totally have Graham Rosie on my list for all of the things that you said, which I have observed through a different lens and have probably much less information than you do. So my observation is not coming from direct conversation, but just what I've seen. And the other thing that I have taken from her is she has been the ultimate display of what unconditional love is. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. The ultimate display of, I will love you and show you love no matter what you inflict upon me. Yeah. Yeah. And my hope (laughs) is that watching her through her life is to take that from her and also install some boundaries so that- (laughs) Yeah, I can uh, come up with a new generational healing technique of I will love you unconditionally from a safe distance away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's still here. She's got time. I hope maybe that's something she can start to get for herself because she deserves that. I mean, I think she has because the independence that you talk about came from her recognizing I'm still going to go live life as opposed to not having done that be an example of how I think she's already done it yeah also I don't are we gonna have to ask permission to talk about these people (laughs) no maybe we just don't worry about them listening to it okay that's fine I can't believe the reaction I'm having like wow I'm sweating so unfortunately we are out of time but I think that we should continue this conversation. Yeah, I'd love to. Like I said, I still have more people on my list. This is freaking awesome. And And we haven't even got to hear much of yours. It's fine. I talked the whole first two episodes. So this episode (laughs) has been so outstanding to me. I am so proud of you. Thank you so much for telling these stories, mom. Wow. I'm inspired. I'm inspired (laughs) by you telling these inspiring stories. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks for listening. My, yeah, my pleasure. That's what we're here for. Okay. Thank you all amazing friends for being here. We will see you next week. Stay tuned for part two. Bye everyone. Wow. What did I tell you? Full freaking send. Am I right? That is what evolving truth is all about. Thank you, mom. Ask yourself, when was the last time you thought about your sources of inspiration? Who would they be? What would they be? The answers might surprise you, but you have to stay open to them. That was absolutely amazing. Make sure to check out part two. Also, please subscribe to the show wherever you are playing it. If we are totally your cup of tea, leave a five-star rating and review. Let us know your sources of inspiration. Tag us using hashtag evolving truths on Instagram or TikTok. And let's fill the world with photos and stories of people that inspire us. We will see you next week. Remember, life is beautiful and we are witness to its magic. 
Have a good one. You are listening to the Evolving Truths podcast. The artwork for this podcast was created by Julie B. Salazar and is part of the Inner Landscape print series. For more information about Shannon and Alexis and to find more ways of connecting to this community, visit evolvingtruthspodcast.com.